Welcome to the Real Estate Agent Superstars Podcast. I'm your host, RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, and I've got a superstar agent with me here today, Jordan Terrell with the team leader of the Terrell Group of Real Brokerage. And he is going to share with us a little bit more about himself and how he became such a powerhouse agent in the Denver market. So welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, really happy to have you. So share with us a little bit more about yourself. Um, have, are you a Colorado native? How did you come out here in the first place? Yeah, I, uh, I've been out here for a little over 16 years. Uh, grew up in Oklahoma, and then I made my way to Los Angeles for college. I played sports out there, and then, uh, and then I migrated here when I was 25 years old. Okay. What did you play? What sports did you play? I played football uh, originally, and um, I, I I was a good high school football player, and found out that in college I wasn't, and so, <laughs> and then, so okay. I, I looked to other things, and eventually found my way to Colorado. Okay, what position did you play? Oh yeah, yeah, I played linebacker. Um, okay, okay. So I was, um, you know, I I, <laughs> I grew up in Oklahoma, and. I ended up living in like, like Compton, California, Los Angeles was on a football team. I was one of eight white individuals. Um, and I, I quickly learned about culture. I learned about ethnicities. I learned about different types of groups of people and ways of doing life. I grew up in a like small town, Oklahoma. And so moving to LA was probably the best thing for me because I, I just learned about humanity and people. And, um, and I learned how to connect with all kinds of different people. And so it was like a really interestingly cool experience. Um, because when you grow up in a a small town, you don't really understand what you don't know. Um, and so moving to LA was really, really cool because I just learned how to connect with people. Nice. I was going to ask how that experience led to your, your success now, what kinds of lessons you learned back then? Well, I, I mean, I, I don't think of it often, but saying it now, it's probably, um, you know, as a 19, 20 year old, um, I just learned how to, you have to fit in if you're going to be on a team, your teamwork in general. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, my nickname was cornbread because they'd never seen a, a white, a white guy that was six foot one and 240 pounds, uh, play linebacker that to them, they thought, <laughs> they, they thought I must've grew up in the hay fields or something. So, um, that was my nickname. That's funny. So then uh, you uh, made your way to Colorado from California. How did you get out here? Um, well, I got married and then, um, we were broke, um, a, and then, um, I, I, I started my career in, uh, the nonprofit world, specifically the parachurch world, uh, meaning I worked for a, a nonprofit organization that was kind of para, parachurched with the actual Christian church, right? And so I didn't really want to do that in LA. And so I found myself at 25, married, no income, and kind of this path that I didn't really know what, where to go with and ended up um, out here. And then I partnered with a uh, organization. Um, at the time it was a really small church in the Denver area. Um, and then started working there at 25 years old. And then that ended up becoming a really, really big, became the biggest church in Colorado. 
Um, so that's where I spent my first uh, decade of my career. So big change from, from what yeah, I do no now. Kidding. No kidding. So then what led to the transition to real estate? Um, ultimately, I, you know, I, I, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've, I, I enjoy building things. I enjoy leading people. I enjoy helping people. Um, I was kind of at this place in my career where I felt like, where do I go from here? And mm-hmm. I don't really know, like the, 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 the progression of what I was doing was going to land me into a role that I didn't really want. Um, like I didn't really want to be a, a mega church pastor, but that's what I was heading towards. And, yeah. um, that's, that's what I was being trained to do more or less. And so, um, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to build stuff. In 2010, I started um, investing in real estate. Um, I always had like four or five things going on, uh, and I'm I'm still that way today. I, I can't really just tinker with one thing. And so, um, yeah. I started investing in real estate. I didn't have any money, but I invested the little money that I had, and um, and I caught the wave of the crash, and it benefited me um, greatly. And so, by the time I was at a place where I was like. What do I want to, what do I want to do with my life? What do I want to do when I grow up? And so I was 36 years old and I had more income from my investments than I did from my job. And mm-hmm. I decided that I just wanted to do that. I decided I just wanted to do real estate investments. So I made the change and shifted gears and jumped into real estate full time, got licensed. Um, that was, um, the end of 2016, I, my first day on the job <laughs> showed up. Um, I even dressed nice because the church I work at, we didn't dress nice. We just wore whatever we wanted to wear. But I, I thought I had to like dress like all fancy, like a real estate agent or something. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I began this journey of, of trying to figure out how I was going to make money in real estate. Um, and I had no, I didn't really know where I was going to go with it. I just knew that I was going to build something. So that was kind of, that was, that was the starting point. Were you originally getting into real estate intending to invest more or to actually do real estate or a little bit of both? Um, I wanted to invest. I want to do, I think, I think that was the primary goal is I, well, the primary goal ultimately was to make money and to provide for my family and kind of give me, uh, like I just want to pay my bills because at the time, um, yes, I had some investment money, but I didn't have like an income. And so I wanted to figure out how to have an income so that I could kind of steer from there. And that was kind of mission. Number one is get an income. My thought was that it was going to be through investments, like growing my investments. But then I realized that you have to have money to invest in real estate. So that quickly died. So I've had to figure out how to make money, um, which to me, the lowest hanging fruit was selling houses, um, at which point I could have gone commercial, but commercial, uh, the ramp to success to me seemed like a 10 year journey. The ramp to success in residential real estate, like in my best guess, I felt like I could make really good money within two years. So it was like 36 years old. Do I want to be 38 with some with paying my bills or do I want to be 46? And so I, I voted for 38 
and residential it was. And that began my process. All right. So then what was your process early on? What did you do at first to kind of get the wheels moving? Um, it's a good question. I, I mean, it, those were really like scary days, if you will, because I was like, you know, I had three mortgages, three kids and a wife. And, um, uh, actually I had, no, I had way more than three mortgages, but that sounds more cool to say three mortgages. Wait a minute. I have more than way more than three. (laughs) (laughs) I had, I had probably like seven or eight mortgages, but, um, I, you know, I, I was kind of trying to figure out how to do this. And so I, my, my first step was I wanted to take in as much as I could. So I started watching everything learning podcast. Um, I just started absorbing a lot and trying mm-hmm. to, I wanted to hear what all the top people were doing. And so I would watch as many top, like basically someone watching this, um, six years mm-hmm. ago, like I would, I would find stuff like this to watch and I would hear, how did they do it? There's a, um, there's a, there's a podcast out there called, I think, how it was built by M- it's NPR, I believe. It's a oh, fascinating okay. podcast, um, but it's about like you can hear like how Airbnb, like how the guys started it. Like they literally were like, "Hey, we have a mattress in our living room, and we can't make our mortgage. So what if we rented it online?" That's where it started, and then it tells the journey of like. Literally, they had a, a flip book that you would put credit cards in and they had uh, hmm. or, or business cards in, but they filled it with credit cards. So they had 27 pages of credit cards worth of debt that they were wow. to get Airbnb off the ground. And they they it kept on failing, kept on failing, kept on failing. And it actually succeeded at the Democratic uh, National Convention here in Denver was the first time that they got noticed. And it, it skyrocketed from there. Um, wow. So anyway, all that to say, I watched a lot of stuff like that, but not specific to other businesses, but more specific to real estate. And, um, and I started to kind of go, I like that. I like that. I think I'm going to go this route. So I quickly realized that. And when I say quickly, I mean, within like a month, I had a, I had a plan and I hired a coach month one, like after one month. Um, month two, I started spending money. I started building websites and generating leads. Um, month three, still hadn't closed the deal, hired an admin, um, because I knew that I was going to close a bunch of transactions and I needed some help because I'm not really smart at all the things. So I, I needed to just figure out how I can focus all of my time on selling and not on administrating. So. By June, uh, I closed my first transaction. So that was month five. Um, And then between June and December, I closed 30 more. Wow, that's huge. And so it was was fast. Like it it just kind of took off. And and that's when I realized, uh, so at this point I started, so this is end of 2017. And I started having agents approach me and saying, Hey, what are you doing? You know, I had friends that were getting in real estate at the same time. They finished year one with one transaction. I finished year one with 31. 
and they were like, uh, can we, can we join you? And I'm like, I, well, well, sure. You know, I don't know what, I, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but let's, let's figure it out. And then, then that became year two, 2018, we sold me and one other person sold 75 homes. Wow. And then, and I think I had 60 of those transactions and he had 15. So year one, he had one year two, he had 15 year one. I had 30 year two, I had 60. So it just grew fast. And then we added more wow. agents, we added more staff and today. Uh, so our, in our sixth year, so that was the first two years. So four years later, um, cause I think from there we did 75, then we did 110, then we did 160, then we did 240. Then this past year we did 320 deals for, um, just, just around 200 million in volume. Um, and so it, it all happened fast. So, so last year we had eight staff, 15 agents and 200 million in volume. And then now we have 25 agents, 10 staff, six VAs. Um, so there's, there's about 40 of us in the, in the group. So, well, I mean, we're tracking wow. toward 500 transactions this year and I'm kind of out of production. Like I'm, I'm still referring business internally, but, um, it's, it's become a business. Like I'm, I am, I am operating as like a CEO, not as a agent and I'm helping. I mean, we had, we had eight agents. I, well, I don't know if it's eight. We had, I think we had five agents make North of $200,000 last year. Um, one North of three, a bunch of people made six figures. Um, so we're, we're helping people like build their businesses and it's really cool. It's really fun. Yeah, that, that is really cool. I was going to ask if you're still doing personal production or not, but I could see how you would have to be like a CEO at this point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where I now have um, kind of captains running different things um, in our world. And, and my job is really to serve them and support them and, and their roles. So taking it back all the way to 2017, when you start started, um, I heard you say how you didn't have much money. You didn't really have an income. You had your family, three kids, maybe more kids. <laughs> and yeah. um, how, like, I'm trying to wrap my head around hiring a coach in your first month when you didn't have any money. And then the very next month, what did you say the next month was? You hired an assistant your third month. Mm -hmm. Second month, you were building websites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, so I had, I had a little bit of money. Um, I mean, okay. I think the thing that people like, like you either, you either are in position to do what I did or you're not like, and people have to self-assess like that. People need to look at themselves in the mirror and, and be realistic. And so what, what, here's what I knew. I knew that for the previous decade, I was building massive teams and leading people at a high level. So I knew I could lead. Um, two, um, for the previous six years, I was investing in real estate. So I understood real estate. Like I understood, like to some degree, I had enough understanding of the market that I was like, uh, it's not completely foreign. I, I, by no means was an expert real estate agent, but I had that, I had, I had some money, I had a budget. 
uh-huh. and I had a network. So I had like all these things working together. So I was like, I think I can do this. Like strategically, I was like, I see like someone goes and like, if I were to go, Hey, uh, RJ, I'm going to go start a restaurant. That's a bad mm-hmm. idea. I don't know anything about restaurants. Like I would need a partner with someone that's been in the restaurant industry to make that a strategic idea. But I had all the building blocks to make a strategic plan to build a real estate business. Um, Some people don't have all those building blocks and they need a partner with someone who's built a real estate business so that they can uh, grow faster. And so I think I was realistic about it. And so I, I month one, um, bang my head against the wall to kind of figure out where I wanted to go. Month two, started building a website, generating leads. And when I say building a website, I wasn't coding and stuff like that, but I was like, I found a platform that gave me a website. I paid someone to build all the copy, uh, which today I wouldn't have to pay for because chat GPT would do it for me. Um, but, uh, then I hired a ad manager to manage my pay-per-click ads developed a budget um, month three hired a coach because I realized I was playing in arenas that I needed some support in. Um, so I found someone um, that, cause I couldn't afford them. I just, I literally emailed this agent that was super successful. Uh, at the time it seemed super successful. What's funny is that I'm doing twice the amount of production that he was doing at that time now. Um, but he's also doing twice the amount of production I'm doing today. <laughs> so, um, okay. uh, but I emailed him and I said, Hey, I don't have any money to pay you, but will you coach me? And he said, yes. Ah. And so he coached me and, and then I started closing deals and he was like, Hey, I think you need to pay me. And I was like, all in. Um, yeah. So, so he, I, for whatever reason, our stories just aligned and he, he had a similar path and journey as I did. And so it was just kind of like, he's helping out somebody that he aligned with. And so, um, in fact, he was in the East coast. Like I, at that time, I'd never met him face to face. And, um, and then I hired an assistant on three because, and I didn't have enough money to pay her, but I basically was like, Hey, uh, I'm going to build something and I want you to be part of it. And I can only afford you for 10 hours a week right now. But I think, I think we can do this together. And so 10 hours became 20 hours, 20 hours became 40, 40 became 60. And, and for a couple of years, she helped me really grow something significant until she decided to go down the road of like, she wanted to grow a family and start having babies and all that stuff. And so she, she stepped away, but you know, totally thought that that was the right move for her at that time. So that's how I afforded it. I I afforded it by convincing someone to coach me for free and convincing someone to work for me for hardly anything. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Nice. So how much of it do you think of of your early success was, coaching and how much of it do you think was your own mindset and your, um, your approach? Um, so here's what I think about coaching. I, I think coaching is, um, if you ever go to Disney world and you, you pay for the fast pass and you get to the front of the line. So coaching doesn't do anything for you. It just gets you to the front of the line faster 
So you don't have to go through hell to learn the lesson or the, the lesson is usually more painful and more costly than just hiring a coach to tell you, uh, don't go that way. Don't go that way. Go this way here. Don't, don't do this. Don't spend money on that. Spend money on this because they've yeah. already done it. They've already perfected it. So you, you right. basically just get a fast pass to the front of the line, but you still have to do it. You still have to have the talent and the ability to sell. You have to have the ability to attract. You still have to have the ability mm -hmm. to lead. Um, it, leadership is challenging for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think for almost anyone, leadership is challenging. Sure. Um, do, does, do your agents on your team have coaches now or do you coach them or how do you do that? Yeah, so we're, we're kind of in this like, season of expansion and growth and kind of redefining some things. Cause it used to be just me and my, my buddies that, um, were selling houses. Right. I mean, I, I, oh yeah. The other thing I did early on is I hired a marketing company to totally create a brand around me, um, long before mm -hmm. I sold the house. So I spent, I spent like four or $5,000 with a marketing company to go through a whole branding process to develop the Jordan Terrell group, which was a company the size of one, that hadn't sold any houses <laughs> and nice. I didn't coin that name. They did. They, they actually believed that based on my past and my experiences and my network, that that was the best name to name my company. And I hated it. I still hate it. Um, uh, I hate that, that when I call one of my agents, that their voicemail says my name, um, you know, like there's things about it that I'm like, it's kind of weird. Kind of want to just live my life and you live yours and we'll work together. But at the end of the day, that's the way we built. Um, as far as like coaching and all that kind of stuff, like, you know, we, we have a structure in place where we are an ecosystem. Um, I think ecosystems kind of support each other. You know, everything's kind of helping each mm -hmm. other. So. We have junior partners, we have partners, we have senior partners, I have directors. Um, and so junior partners and partners um, work with our senior partners. Our senior partners support our junior partners and partners. Um, my director supports my senior partners. I support my directors. I bring in new people that become junior agents, junior partners, and we kind of keep serving each other, if that makes sense. So we're all coaching. Yeah. Um, we're all supporting and I still jump in my doors, you know, somebody walks in my office and I'll, I'll coach them. Um, but we're, we, that's the way we've grown. Um, a lot of people, like, I think one of the most valuable lessons I ever learned was, um, when I was a kid and I threw, I had a birthday party or I was like a teenager and I had a birthday party one year and some people showed up. But the next year I decided to have a joint birthday party with like five of my friends and all five of us brought our friends and it was a way bigger party. So what, what does that mean in business? If this is a Jordan party, only so many people care, but if this is all of our party, then we're going to bring everybody. And so I intentionally try to figure out how do I make this everybody's thing? Um, and people want, by giving them, you know, stake in the company, um, say mm -hmm. in the company, 
ownership of the company, whatever it looks like for them to go, this is my deal too. And so now I have agents attracting agents. Um, I'm not attracting them, they are. Um, and so we're all kind of together and we're, we're jointly working to build something. So that's, nice. that's yeah. how I do it. So what other things make your uh, group unique and attracts agents? Mm, well, I think that the real estate model is really broken. Uh, I think real estate, mm -hmm. I mean, RJ, uh, I ha if, if I had to guess, you work for a, a mortgage company and there's other staff and there's processors. Is there a parent company that's big, like, like that's doing the processing behind you? Or is it a one man show or are you doing a lot of different things? It's a branch. How I'm okay, so there's a, a larger, branch, larger company behind the branch. Yep. There's a branch and then there's a bunch of people in the branch and then there's a larger company behind the branch. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a bank and you know, all these different things. So there's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, real estate agents are one of the few people in the entire planet that can make doctor like money as a solo show. Like they, they do everything. Mm -hmm. Somehow they think that's okay. And the reason why most real estate agents fail, um, 88% to be in fact, is because most people aren't good at doing 13 different things. And if you are good, then you're either screwed if you're successful or you're screwed if you're not. If you're successful, you sell 60 homes a year. You are the showing agent, you're the buyer's agent, you're the listing agent, you're the negotiator, you're the, um, you're inputting listings, you're, yeah. you're the CPA, you're the lockbox picker upper, you're the sign installer, you're the, mm -hmm. and, and, and so you hate your life. You make tons of money, but you don't have a life. You go on vacations and you pace the beach with a Corona in your hand and you call that vacation with your, with your phone uh, on your ear. And, and that's not vacation. Um, or you're screwed if you're not successful because um, you can't get the business going and you can't sell enough houses and you're broke. And so the reason is, um, I think what we've, we've really like tried to position ourselves is, is I think real estate agents are really, really valuable, but they're only good at a few things. And so if you either want your life back, you want time or you want to build a business, there's a structure and a process for that. And I think that process is, um, agents should show homes, they should write offers, they should negotiate inspection, they should get listings, and they should show up to closing. That's it. That's the only thing they should do is, is, is just manage people and write the offers and do that kind of stuff there. And so we've built systems, process, and people, um, that do everything else. And so our agents sell more houses um, than most people. Um, I mean, our brand new agents sell eight to 10 homes their first year, if not way more. Um, our experienced agents sell 40 plus homes a year. Um, and so, but it's a team work. And so they're, you know, they're taking more vacations. They're taking more time off. They're enjoying their life. They're making good money. And, and ultimately I, I, I'm smart enough to recognize that, that they also want to elevate their career too. And so we've created pathways for that. 
And, and that's kind of our evolution of our growth. Like we are positioning ourselves to support other agents and other teams um, that most teams. So the, the, the challenge RJ with most teams is that you got a good salesperson, they sold a bunch of houses and then agents are like, Oh man, they sell more houses than me. I should go work with them. And then that, that good salesperson, real estate agent talks this agent into joining them and promises them the world. And then the root of all uh, frustration is unmet expectations. So these agents are like, well, you told me I was going to get this and you told me I was going to get that. But realistically, this person is not a good organizational leader. They're just a good salesperson. So they don't build anything. And then the agents are frustrated. And so we've built something that actually works and it's working and it's growing. And so how do we take what we built and extend it to other teams or other agents that might have that pain point in their business? Um, or if, if it's not just other teams or other agents, how does it become a roadmap for my agents? So let's say that, you know, you said you worked with one of my agents. Let's say that they're really successful and the individual you worked with is really successful. But what if he wanted to move on? What if he wanted to graduate to have his own team? Well, he has two options at that point. He can either go and do what I did over the last six years, or we could partner together and I could give him the back end. And then he gets to just focus on selling houses and attracting agents and helping those agents sell houses. And then the, the systems that we built can be his, his back end with his branding. And so okay. it, basically at that point, it's a branch. Gotcha. Um, and he's the branch manager or the branch leader and gets the, the upside of the PNL for that. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing. I, I don't want to have 150 agents on my team. I'd rather have 15 teams of 10 with 15 mm -hmm. branch managers, if you will, mm -hmm. um, where we have a central staff that's like really doing the back end stuff. The uh, transaction management, listing management, client care, systems process, training, onboarding, um, lead generation, appointment setting, nurturing, like all the back end stuff that actually makes things close and makes referrals happen and makes marketing happen. Um, so we're, we're really focused on systems and process. That's probably what sets us apart. We're not just trying to sling homes. We're trying to to create efficient systems that make people's lives better and also um, more enjoyable. Because I would say the, the, the reason why, like the, the, if I had to pinpoint why did I go down the team route, like when did it become clear of like, this is the path I want to take, is I put four houses under contract in two days one time. And it was like the first four deals. Like it was that June. And oh, okay. the, the next week, and I had been brewing. I had been brewing a lot of stuff. They just all fell at the same time. And I remember uh, I had a trip planned to Aspen, um, and I was going up there with my family. And I remember thinking on the drive up there, I just made like 50 grand. I hadn't closed anything. I just put them under contract. But I remember I was counting the dollars. I was like, wow, I didn't make 50 grand in an entire year in my previous job. Well, the next week, um, inspections happened. And while my family played outside in Aspen and 
when saw the maroon bells and all this kind of stuff, I was stuck in the hotel room on my phone and at the computer the entire week. And that was the moment I realized that real estate is broken and I don't want to, I don't want to play that game. So I built a different game, which is, I think that we can do better things together and with other people and with other experts. So that's how the team was built. That's interesting. I have a similar story going to Disney world, probably 2013, maybe 2012. And it was the same thing. I was on my phone the entire time in line for every ride and it was terrible. And I just thought my, my kids were probably six and seven at the time. And I had the same epiphany. I'm, I said to myself, I can't do this forever this way. Right. It has to be a better way. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of been, um, the motive behind what we do and, and is that we think that just cause you sell a lot of houses and are su successful doesn't mean that you have to hate your life or fail in life. Um, cause the only reason that any of us sign up for this in the first place is so that we can have a better life. So those have to be in alignment is kind of the theory. So that's, that's like what we've done and that's what we're doing. And, and, and we have problems, we have challenges and, um, but we've, we've, we've grown that way. It's impressive. So what do you look for in a new agent? whether they're already experienced or they're brand new in the business. Um, or do you feel like you could mold almost anybody to be, be successful? Um, I, I don't think we like, I don't, um, I don't try to, I think, I don't know. I've been really blown away by the types of people that have become really good agents. So if someone's um, humble, mm -hmm. um, if someone's hungry, and they're smart. So humble, hungry, smart. You've heard that before, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but I, like, I don't need them to look a certain way or act a certain way, or like, I, I just need them to, to um, be humble enough to like actually follow me. Um, if, if they can't conform to the way we do things, then it's not gonna work anyway. Um, so we have a set of core values that they really like help kind of streamline who, if someone can't abide or, or get in line with our core values, then it's not a fit anyway. But I think those are the three things, but we, we quickly, I mean, we look at hiring agents and bringing uh, people on. Um, it's kind of a cho choose your own adventure. You can partner with me in so many different ways. Um, you can partner with me by joining my team. You can partner with me by joining as a solo agent. That's not on my team. You have your own branding. You can partner with me by becoming a team leader with your own branding and I'll we'll partner, be partnered. You can join my brokerage reel. Um, and, and, and then that model we're aligned. Like I, I have a fiduciary reel pays me to support agents that partner with me at real. Um, or you can partner with me by hiring me as a coach. Like there's a lot of ways. I don't really care, but people need to decide what they want if they see something that I have that they like um, or that they want to follow or model after, I mean, I mean, that's how I've chosen coaches all along. Like people want to be great leaders, but in order to be a great leader, you have to be a great follower. Um, and so I always have a leader. I, like I will never have a point in my life where I don't have some form of mentor 
um, or something that that I'm following because I, I I always want to be challenged. I always want people looking at my situation and giving me um, outside perspective. Um, and so I think I'm I'm not trying to position myself as everybody's leader as much as I'm trying to create a system that people can follow. Yeah, and for for those different ways of joining your organization, whether they want to be a part of your group or separate but still following your methods and stuff, do you provide the same kind of infrastructure for all those types of people to join you? Yeah, I mean, I think um, it, it, everyone has its own structure. You know, proximity is um, follows dollars, right? Um, if, if someone's going to have a ton of proximity with me, they're probably going to be um, paying me more, uh, either as a coach or by being on my actual team um, or being like, it, it just has to make sense. Like, I'm not going to give, um, I, I have to protect my time to some degree. Now, that doesn't mean I'm too good for everybody. Like, I, I'll talk to anybody. I don't care. Um, but if I'm going to structure things, I'm usually going to give my time to the things that are that are um, most beneficial to the greater whole. And I mean, there, there's a, there's a book called the pumpkin patch. It talks about um, the best way to grow the pumpkin patch is by taking care of the big pumpkins. You take care of the big pumpkins and the big pumpkins take care of the little pumpkins. And so um, I typically, a lot of leaders, all the, they, they care about the little pumpkins because they want to help grow the little pumpkins. And they, they, they think, it's like, I'm, I can fix them. Um, but inadvertently they forget about the big pumpkins and the big pumpkins feel left out and then they move on. So if you want to care for your little pumpkins, care for your big pumpkins. That's kind of a structure in which the way I think. Yeah. That's very wise. So where are you taking this? What, what are your long, what's your long-term vision for your organization? Mm. I want to help as many people, whether they're staff or agents, um, build big lives and be successful both in their profession and at home. And so I don't really, I'm a, I'm a vision type of person, um, but I don't, I made enough money after the first year in real estate to be happy. So, um, everything that I've done since then is really like, I enjoy, I enjoy the journey. I enjoy the growth. I enjoy helping other people build stuff. Um, I, I honestly think I'd make more money if I, if I got rid of 75% of the people that work with me. Um, I mean, that's just being frank. Like there's just a cost and risk associated with growing mm -hmm. things. Um, so if it's really about money, I would stay small. Um, but I, I think I can, I can impact more people by growing much bigger. So, um, I think it's, that's where I'm going. I, I want to take this, uh, in the near future, I want to take it Denver wide. And then I think phase two or three is how do we take this to different markets? So the company that we're launching, um, that in the, in the coming months is called community. So community is not a brokerage. It's not a team. It's a company that partners with agents and teams to support them and their businesses. Okay. So it's basically everything that I built uh, within my team and I've extracted it and, and I'm creating an entity around it. So um, I work for community, 
my transaction coordinators work for community. My inside sales people work for community. My lead gen um, people, my coaches, my trainers, my we're like a one-stop shop that an agent at any brokerage can partner with and kind of uh, uh, like, like if you were to start your own mortgage company, there's probably businesses out there that you could partner with that become your whole backend servicing center. There isn't that in real estate. Um, it's kind of like you can hire a TC over there. You can train up an admin over there. There's CRMs over there. Like you kind of piece it together, but we're trying to just kind of pull it all together and, and be a kind of one-stop shop where we just partner with agents and help them scale their businesses and enjoy their lives more. Cause that's essentially what we're doing on a micro level. We just want to expand it. And it's not like I have this like ambition to grow it as much as I just think people need it. And I feel yeah, like, I, like I feel like I would not be a good person to not share it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a real estate agent, but I can sense that that's something that's needed out there. Yeah, it, def it definitely is um, for some. I mean, some people are, are doing amazing things. There's a lot of great agents out there um, that are doing really cool stuff. But that's kind of the vision of the next steps is to is to grow community. So if people want to find out more about this community or connect with you, how could they go about doing that? It's a great question. Um, I, I mean, I think the, the probably the easiest and most direct way is probably my uh, Instagram or my email. So my, uh, my Instagram is just Jordan Terrell, um, and my handle. And then uh, my email is Jordan at Jordan but those are the probably the easiest ways to communicate with me at this point. Okay. But and you said you're going to be, you plan to launch community in a couple of months here. Yeah, we are, we are like this close. Um, we already have some beta agents that we're working with and our hope is to kind of, I mean, that's really our way of growing our team rather than growing my team. I want to launch teams and partner with teams and other agents and solo agents and, um, but we'll have websites and marketing and like, we're, we're going to try to do this right. So, man, sounds awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Well, we, I feel we, like I could but, ask you a hundred more questions, but we're, uh, we've been going now for almost 45 minutes. So, um, I think it's time to wrap it up. Um, it's, it's easy to see why you're so successful, Jordan. Definitely oh, thank you for sharing your time. Oh, I appreciate I appreciate the time and the opportunity to share with with uh, people that get to listen to this. And um, thank you for hosting. Yeah, absolutely. And if you enjoyed this show and found value in this, please share it with your friends that are in the business that could benefit from this and learn more from Jordan as well. And uh, consider leaving us a five star review if you uh, like the show as well. And uh, thanks again, Jordan, for being on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.